0: Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now
2: to answer your
0: questions
2: and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, indeed, I am in green today, as is all of the radar for the weather, if you've been looking at it recently. Yes, welcome to very late November We're turning the corner. Got to wear poinsettias. Got to talk about trees and good grief. So let's just start right off here on weekend gardening, and I can tell you that Paul the poinsettia that is four years old now has turned red. Not going to be a really fancy red, but he's very beautiful and very lovely. And even the other the rain the other night that I did put him outdoors in um, because it wasn't too cold seems to have helped him glisten just a little bit more. I'm, I have nothing to do with this plant. There's no reason for it at all. It doesn't fit anywhere in my house now because it's four feet tall in a container that a tree should be growing in. But I'm really attached to this plant. (laughs) So as long as Paul the Poinsettia will keep going, I'm going to be continuing to grow a ever taller and taller so almost tree form I want to talk about that want to talk about something else want to talk about the gifts that you're getting and giving i got lots of ideas for you but i would love it if you would tell me what does the gardener really want you know that there are people out there that would love to get a gift for you but they got no clue they can give you a gift certificate to somewhere well that's fun you know that's we always like those as gardeners but where Maybe it would be Renee's Garden Seeds. Maybe it would be the favorite nursery where you are. Maybe it would be your county co-op. Everybody's doing all that, and by all means let the gardener fill in the blanks if you don't happen to have any suggestions for yourself. But I do have some and you probably do too. Please get in touch today, triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the Super Talk call line. No, it's not Black Friday, it's not even Cyber Saturday or any of that stuff. It's just a nice time to talk about what does the gardener really want. Send me a text, 601-879-4395. Thank you very much to our friends at C Spire for that. I'll give it right away. I'll tell you the thing that I believe if you don't know anything else to do for a gardener. A 30-gallon trash can plastic with a good fitting, tight-fitting top is not that expensive. And for not a whole lot more money, but certainly about what you might spend on a good necktie or some other rather boring present. No offense, necktie wearers. I love y'all, but I'm a gardener, okay? You can take the recipe that I have for mixing up potting soil. Fill a 30-gallon can with it, put a bow on top of it, and your favorite gardener will be more than happy for a long time. That's a good start to a new year of gardening. All right? We can talk about that. Whatever's on your mind. Lance, you're smiling. I think I'm giving you ideas over there. Oh, I mean, after the picture I sent you, uh, you know, Thanksgiving Day.
1: Beautiful. uh, Beautiful. I I think that's probably the best gift I could come up with. It's a great gift. There's no
2: reason not to love it. I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm going
1: that route with uh the 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 one my wonderful girlfriend's mother I think and she may not be listening after a long day yesterday, but uh maybe she is. I didn't just give away uh, you know the the store there
2: well the, the good news is um as 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 the late governor winter told me one time when I interviewed him and his lovely late wife Elise for a a gardening article about their orchids. He'd promised her every year for however long to build her a greenhouse. And she just thought that was a great idea. She knew how busy he was, you know, so forth and so on. Turned out that eventually he did. And then the next time I saw him, he said, and now what? <laughs> so now we get to the barrels of soil and the, you know, bales of this or that, whatever that gardener is actually going to use a whole lot of, can always have a bright red bow on front the top of it. <laughs> you know, this
1: time of year, I, I had... Family, they were like. I think we're going to run out to Calloways, or we're going to do this. And, and and I think three of those of the four or five were going to a garden center yeah. to pick up something. And and my sister did the real tree this year, and we were laughing before about all the flocking that uh, she had <laughs> it done. Yeah, comes and, with it. Yeah, yeah. It, comes, it Comes with you when you leave yeah. too. So, but it was a beautiful thing, and I, it throws back a lot of memories and and cats climbing trees and. It, but you know, this time of year is all a wonderful that. time of year, and it's such a delight, a, such a nostalgic time. Too.
2: It's a delight. Um, don't use real candles. That's all I can tell you. I'm not going to tell you that story, but don't don't use real candles. Now, we are still experiencing a lot of things. I grant you there's going to be enough rain finally in, in my front garden to plant the daffodils that have been staring at me from their bag now for a few weeks. And I'm happy about that. I have to tell you, though, that we're still not really helping the Mississippi River levels very much. They still have to do less weight on the barges to get them down the river, and it's a bigger deal than it has been in years, including this particular find uh, reported in the Sun-Herald. Yep, that's right. An Oxford, Mississippi resident, Mr. Pruitt, was exploring an uncovered sandbar near Rosedale at the end of October, and there they were. Mm Hmm. That's right. I could tell from the teeth right away it was a fragment of a carnivore's jaw, he said, but I dared not hope it was from an American lion, unquote. Well, it was. Now, how do you find these things out? And no, you shouldn't be digging stuff up, but do take pictures and so forth and so on. But he went to Mississippi Fossil and Artifact Symposium and Exhibition to ask his experts about his findings. And they indeed confirmed that it was, in fact, the jaw of an American lion which you probably didn't even know there was such a thing as. Now, the ancient, you know, other, other ancient predators like that are usually found out west, particularly because the American lion has been extinct for more than 10,000 years. It, we, we don't really know a lot about them, but we know more now than we did before. About a 600-pound beast lived in North America more than 300,000 years. And the idea is that what took them out, probably hunting. Um, Indeed, they were bigger, larger, really heavier, duty than the African lion, which I'm thinking probably means they weren't as fast. (laughs) So (laughs) that might be part of the issue. This is what we call evolution, friends. The ones that can get away, get away. The ones that can't get away, become the prey. That's the way that works. In, the, in that particular animal kingdom in that particular time in history
1: I, I have some friends up in Rosedale and they were farmers and back in college first time I'd ever been on a combine. You know, you go go out there and hop on one of those, and that that was something to see. But you know, such a beautiful place too. With the you have the levee right Gorgeous. there and, and the rivers right there, and and the community itself. I, no telling how old that community is of farmers, but it's just a small family kind of atmosphere mm-hmm. of a few families in there. And so, I probably have met one of the families that found the the American well, Tiger as, Lion.
2: as a uh, as a as a blues fan. You know, I'm, I know all about Rosedale and have actually been there and seen it, but it is one of those things that is almost a romance to people that have never been here. So when I saw that that's where he was, I was particularly intrigued by it. The good news is that I don't believe we're going to have fossil tourism at the moment, but but do be careful, friends, if you decide to venture out. Pay attention to all of the authorities who tell you not to, first of all. Second of all, be very careful. Take pictures, not stuff, okay? And this is your mama speaking, so... (laughs) Sometimes you have to tell people how to behave. Now, I'm not going to start on other ways, but I am going to tell you, we got a lot of teaching to do. We absolutely have a lot of teaching to do. Gardening can solve a lot of problems. It can't solve all of them. However, I do think that if we all gardened a little bit more, we would find other things to occupy our time, such as, oh, I don't know, cooking the food that we grew and arranging the flowers and gifting people and all those sorts of things. Tel Aviv University has uncovered the remains of a huge carp. Now, this did not come in to me on the same day that I saw the picture of the guy who caught the, whatever it was, 80-pound goldfish in in the pond that somebody had released, you know, from their fish tank. But what we have discovered from this carp, or its remains, I should say, these are the earliest evidences that are clear and can be documented of cooking. Prehistoric humans, we're, we're back there, we're still back there in the uh, North American Lion Department. This is 700,000 years ago. Now, we used to think that cooking started about 100,000 years ago, so we've extended that timeline by 600,000 years, give or take a minute, Right. The researchers are are remarking, and whenever a researcher tells you something is remarkable, you better believe it is. It, it's not it's not necessarily a one off, but it's necessarily a one. Okay, I, I truly understand that the word unique is way overused, and if I was an English teacher and you ever wrote very unique, I would have to absolutely call you on the carpet instantaneously over that because there is no such thing it's either unique or it's not it can't be very anyway ecology and evolution is the journal if you want to read more about Dr. Zohar's work with discovering the remains of a huge carp I love this we really don't understand how things get, how one thing gets preserved and the thing next to it doesn't. But it sure is a great joy when it has been. There, most of these things are associated with the. Uh, the or later on cooking was associated with us, with the Homo sapiens. But this is much earlier, of course. What they're talking about then is that, of course, um, they had to learn to fish first. So now there'll be another group of people studying. How exactly did they learn to fish 600,000 years ago? <laughs> and we'll find out. We'll know more about it later than we know now. I think that's wonderful. There are so many things going on in the the real world, the ancient world, the known world. The, is that really real world? There's just a whole bunch of things. I want to call your attention today to soil fungi. Not that I don't always call your attention to it. I remember a few years ago, glove sales among gardeners skyrocketed after there was some media coverage of the fact that, yes, you can get sick if you have cuts on your hand of any sort and and you get dirt in it. There there are things there sometimes that can hurt some people. Sales of garden gloves soared. Now, we all know that those garden gloves are now at the bottom of the drawer, except in my case, because I do, in fact, wear garden gloves. But what we're talking about here are fungi that are not uncommon. And one of the reasons that I always tell you that we want to make sure that we do get used to things that are outside is because they can be quite something if you've never been exposed to it. You suddenly have a reaction that you didn't expect. It's like the first time an adult ever encounters a fire ant is going to be unpleasant because you haven't been bitten a few other times along the way and discover you know for your body to be able to get used to it. So we got good news and bad news about fungi and in the the not so great news, but we already knew this, is that soil fungi can cause problems not just through your gloves but through inhaling. You all may have seen the picture of me on social media where I have my head all tied up and I'm literally wearing gloves and long sleeves and it's a hot day. I wear very thin masks and very thin gloves at that time. But, yeah, I do that because I'm one of those people that has immune system problems and I have a whole lot of exposure to out of doors. And so when there's, when it's dusty or when it's really pollinaceous or very humid, I'm going to be a little bit masked up anyway. Okay. So those are the things that we're talking about here. The, in this case, the Washington University School of Medicine it has discovered that the three main kinds of soil fungi that can cause lung infections are actually, because of changes in temperature, expanding their range across the country. Reliance on outdated maps really could cause you some problems if you're trying to get understand how this infection came to be or if you're trying to find out where you should be more aware of such things. Uh, forty eight out of fifty states and the District of Columbia, and, and in fact, this new area says for, th- what they're saying is that this research became necessary because of such a practical situation. They literally had a doctor, this guy says from Boston called not not the same doctor, different doctors from that area trying to trace the source of the infections. And they all go look at the map. Well, it can't be the soil-borne ones. Let's go get another. You know, well, it's the maps were wrong. <laughs> so these are the sorts of things that is why ongoing research is so important in so many fields, particularly when it comes to our health. It's very exciting. Um, trying to get the right diagnosis for something as anybody who's ever had the issues that most of us have had or know someone who has can be very, very difficult. Um, when, when they talk about a doctor's doctor, you know, who, do, who? what doctor does your doctor go to? Generally speaking, it's a diagnostician that that doctor feels is better than he is or she is. So how do I know this? A doctor told me. That's how I know this. Now, on the other hand, we've got a very common fungus that the University of Maryland has been researching. They have discovered that this very, very common fungus eliminates toxic mercury from soil and water that's huge that's why fungi are so exciting they can literally with with one part of the family slap us hard with the other part of the family take down the mercury in the soil those kind of heavy metals that are resilient in in soil that remain there and stay there for so long are a big problem in water it's even worse so what they what they worked on was um, they did a bunch of stuff in the lab and then they grew some corn that was infected with the fungus. It grew just as well whether it was planted in clean soil or in mercury laden soil. In other words, the fungus was just was taking up the mercury and it was not getting to the plant. None of it in the plant tissues when it, where, where it was grown in polluted soil. Isn't that something? And I, I mean I'm I have to tell you that me and fungi are not. Unknown to one another, but I don't think of them in the most positive way unless they happen to be on my plate, okay, so I need to have a better attitude, i think about fungi triple eight yes, sir. I'm just a little scared of fun- i mean I'll eat like a
1: a big you know, a portobello or things like that. But when it comes to it, just, you know, mushrooms have... We don't so, forage here. Yeah, yeah, they're just a little Unfortunately, uh, Fortunately,
2: fortunately <laughs> there are so many people now, you have to usually go to a farmer's market to find them, but there are so many people growing mushrooms. There are so many mushrooms to be grown in our climate. It's like It's like cut flowers, okay? We don't realize that most of what we import from somewhere else can actually be grown here. And it's all, mushrooms are obviously a high-dollar crop, too. Um,
1: they seem like they would be extremely difficult to grow, and they're very delicate. You know, so you, you got to put a little... Not as hard m- as you think. Really, it just it, seems it's, like it's It's another
2: would. one of these things that I, I really am trying to convey to the generation above uh, beyond me. Figure out something you can do four hours a day that pays your bills, and the rest of it's gravy, all right? At that point, if you spend four hours a day growing mushrooms, you're going to have a crop. And it's going to be worth a boatload of money. So, this is good news. <laughs> well, not a boatload, but at least a basket load. Come on. I, I need to step away because we're about to be rolled out of here. You know how that clock gets sometimes. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. <laughs>
4: This is Jake Mangum, player for the Newark Mets organization and former Mississippi State Bulldog. I travel a lot, but no place feels like home. Our houses and our cars are where we spend a lot of our time. That's why a home and auto insurance bundle from Farm Bureau makes so much sense. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favorites.com for great rates on home and auto insurance or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Yellowstone, television's number one show, is back on Paramount Network. I,
1: John Dutton, do solemnly swear to uphold the constitution of the state of Montana against all
5: enemies, foreign and domestic. Featuring an all-star cast led by Academy Award winner Kevin Costner. The
6: invasion
0: is over. They will fight you dirty.
6: Is there any other way?
0: As the Dutton family fights to protect their legacy, they'll learn power has a price. Signing this is a declaration of war. We're already at war.
2: Yellowstone,
0: new episodes Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Paramount Network.
7: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Goal Sports
9: Cafe, the Philly cheesesteak sandwich or wrap, melt-in-your-mouth pulled pork sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283.
10: We expect our information in real time. U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as that's 800-730-8405.
0: Do you like saving money? Then don't be a turkey
10: and overpay for your
0: next vehicle. Head to Mazda of Jackson and scoop up a brand new Mazda today. Every car, SUV and crossover in stock is priced to move. Get super low 2.9% financing for 60 months on new 2023 Mazda CX-9s and 3.9% financing for 60 months on new 2023 Mazda CX-5s. Buy a new Mazda and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Plus, buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000 mile powertrain warranty. Have a clucker that you're looking to trade in? Let us give you top for it and get you one step closer to your new ride. At Must of Jackson, we offer more selection, more savings, and more affordable monthly payments every single day. Period. Remember, we have the best credit team around, and 100% credit approval is our number one goal. So don't be a turkey and overpay for your next vehicle. Get to Must of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mustovjackson.com With proof credit, like to See you for details.
4: An garden in the shade He let us in knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade
2: Thanks for tuning in to weekend gardening it's a joy to be here and even better because you're here. I have this is one thing drives you to another. And the next thing you know, you're down the rabbit hole. I got five windows open over here on growing local mushrooms because we talked about mushrooms. And then, of course, I have a story today about mushrooms because that's the way the world works. (sighs) First of all, I do not forage. There are a couple people I trust that do. Only a couple in the entire world. Because mushrooms can be mistaken one for another, mistaken for something you should eat versus something that you truly should not eat. And all the jokes about, oh, well, you can eat it once. Those are all things that imply that you're going to die. Okay. Now, that's why we want to be sure what we're eating. Trust me, anything can kill you, but mushrooms do it faster than other things if you are incorrect about what you're taking, what what you're putting into your mouth. So. When I talk about this, I'm not talking about you running out and going and doing any of these things. This is your mother speaking. Don't do it. However, when you find a local mushroom grower or when you are uh, are able to determine a local group of people who actually know what they're doing, you can tell because of their experience, because of the time they've been doing it, because of what they're going to talk to you about and what they're going to show you and so forth and so on. Mushrooms are one of those things that we import much many more of than we actually need to in the deeper south. For example trying to figure out how to grow more porcini mushrooms. Now, porcini in Italian means little piglet, as you might imagine. There are a bunch of different mushrooms that kind of look like that and are kind of in that group, all right? Some are more prized than others just based on their their more technical botanical histories and names. But when we talk about these, we're talking, generally speaking, about white-stemmed, brown-capped mushrooms, they're delicious. They're wonderful. They're, you'll find them dried in the stores. You'll, you'll sometimes find them fresh. But it's one of those things, the, the, the folks there at the, uh, <laughs> this is a great thing to think about, at the, that at the University, of uh, the Natural History Museum, rather, a, in Utah, has been trying to figure this out because they grow in different places. In fact, there are regions in the world where the Porcini in, it maintains its genetic identity, even if they're isolated geographically from others, I mean, and, and even if they're not. In other words, the Porcini's can just kind of be stalwarts and keep doing what they do. How is that possible in so many different places? When you think about it, um, the first thing you need to know is that they really like high humidity. Duh. And they, so, so do we here. And um, that they, they need a moderate temperature environment. But they only grow on a few trees, so it's not as easy to cultivate them as others. Um, luckily, one of those is pine trees. So, if if we have the opportunity, we might consider these as one of the possibilities in our own cultivation word because the French word terroir is involved here. Now, this is the word that, if you are a wine lover, you have encountered at some point, or or even just a student of wine, you have encountered at some point because that's when it came into the American vernacular. It's the French concept of Basically, everything in the ecological bucket that it takes for this particular plant to grow. So it's not just the soil, it's not just the water, it's not just the other plants around it, it's not just the sunlight, it's not. It's all these things. The terroir, okay, comes from the same root as terra, which is earth. But it's it's essentially that notion that everything has a thing and a place. And in this case, what they have discovered is that that is indeed what they've learned about porcini's. Most of the most of these studies have focused on trying to figure out the unique characteristics of any one individual. That's why we get into the genome and while we, you know, drill down into the particular plant. But in the case of Porcinis, it's how come they're all the same, even though nothing else around them? You know, different things were around them. Different things are in their environment. Why are they the same? And so this this very strong ability to put forward local adaptation in the case of these mushrooms and, frankly, Heirloom tomatoes and other things that we grow that we understand the next year, the second year is going to be better. The seeds that we save from the tomatoes of of an heirloom the first year are going to be better in our soil, in our terroir, in our place the next year, okay? So it's a word to understand and to know, but it also explains why we're able to adapt things from one place that weren't necessarily native there. How come they work out? Another reason we can do that sometimes, frankly, and and a story that I'm, needless to say, um, all tied up in, what about those roots? As conditions change, what do the roots do? And who's paying attention to this? In this case, the University of Nottingham is. What they did was to walk and manipulate the environment, walk through the roots world and manipulate the environment at specific points so then they could measure the reaction of those roots okay and what they've worked on particularly in this case is hydro signaling now you might think of a hydro signal and i certainly do as when the peace lily collapses because i forgot to water it last week okay that that's that's a very extreme case of hydro signaling we don't want that we don't like things that we don't like for things to to wilt but publishing this particular week in the magazine science in the journal science we understand of course that rainfall patterns are changing we understand that some places are now much drier than they were a couple of years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago other places the reverse is true how much rain falls in one place at one time is why so many of us are going to some form of storage water it's important to get that figured out before the, we get any more prolonged droughts. So, using micro, using x ray rather, micro CAT scans, the r- researchers were able to reveal that roots change shape. They alter their shape. They branch or they grow deeper to get where the water is. We knew this was true. We knew this was true in our heads and in our observations of how the plants eventually produce on the top of the soil but to understand the way the roots work i hope we will put much more emphasis as i have been doing my own self but it's just me here feed the soil and then feed the plants feed the soil and then feed the plant <laughs> because if you feed the soil sometimes you don't have to feed the plants come on now you know this is true this is very exciting work and it's it, it's um there's a there's a hormone signal there's an auxin now, you remember we've talked about auxins before. Auxins are what happens, what are affected in a plant. For example, when you tell me that um, climbing rows won't bloom, and I tell you to take the canes and bend them down, you know, a slight angle and, and secure them that way, and then you call back six months later and the thing is in crazy bloom. Those are auxins. You're affecting the, you're affecting the things that are flowing inside the plant. And in this particular case, this, this hormone signal, this auxin, Moves inward with water, and will create more root branches when they're necessary. But when the roots lose contact, they rely on those internal water sources that are already there. Okay, to mobilize another hormone signal to go outward, which keeps it from branching anymore because there's no water there. This is just brilliantly beautiful. I, I, I'm just I can't get I can't tell you enough how exciting this is for me, as one who is devoted to plant roots, and people who are actually engaged in this work have just got to be over the moon about it just over the moon about it more ways that plants are transitioning and making changes of course are all part of what's going on in our garden world love talking about that you may want to talk about oh i don't know all those leaves that you just raked and all the ones that are still falling what you're going to do with those you better be making a compost heap um, there's a lot of fertilizer to be gained in there, you know. Fertilizer is getting more and more expensive, and because we already have a lot of some elements in our soils, we really need to focus on what we're going to put in there. And in some cases, what we're going to put in there, well, is less than we were, were less than we were accustomed to at an earlier time. I want to talk about t- today with you, um, and, and of course, uh, there's, a, there's a, always a relative thing. Somebody says something is the size of a great white shark. Well, I've never been in the room, well, I've been in the room, but I've never been up close enough to one to, to know that that's anything except huge, all right? A giant turtle that is that big did, in fact, roam the oceans. Now the time frame in this one is eighty million years ago, and where they found the remains of this turtle were in the southern Pyrenees, which is um, the 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 north eastern part of Spain, not not over by the Atlantic Ocean. So in other words, this was in from an, an, a, a time when there was a different structure of the land there in order for a turtle to live there. This is called the Campanian Age, um, around seventy million years ago, and this this. Thing has been given a name that I cannot pronounce, but it is the biggest marine turtle ever discovered in Europe, second only to the one that lived around the ancient North American continent that we have come to know as Archelon um, or, yeah, Archie, that's what. <laughs> but anyway, the world is not the same today as it was yesterday. It certainly is not the same as it was 70 million years ago. Something to think about something to consider speaking of ancient I, I think one of the most ancient plants might be the best gift if your family member doesn't happen to have it or your gardener or even just your chef okay whoever's doing the kitchen work needs an aloe vera plant aloe vera is called also called true aloe it is it's not one that's going to be 6 feet tall and become a tree although there are at least 500 species of aloe in, in the world, and they're all native to South Africa. Um, they grow. They do all grow from a rosette, just some of those rosettes are a whole lot larger than others. In the case of an aloe vera in nature, it will be much larger than the one in your, the container at your house, but luckily that one can grow too. Um, I have about six or seven of them in little tiny cells that I'm thinking about potting up as as gifts for a couple of my friends that I happen to know don't have one. But the tendency is when they're that small that the person will just use it and then it doesn't have anything left to grow from. So I might have to let them grow a little bit more. Give those away at another point. But aloe vera has had so much associated with it in terms of if, if you if for example, if you could see my arm, you would see that I have a brand new cat scratch because I have a new kitten. And It's had aloe on it a couple of times, and there's really nothing there to bother me. So that's good.
1: Aloe's basically like nature's neosporin. Yeah. I mean, as a kid growing up, anytime we had a little abrasion and we were at mamma's house, you, you came in... And she'd break off a piece of the aloe. Mm-hmm. And, and a plant she'd had, I don't know, before I'd been around. Sure. You know I mean, it's... Sure. And uh, her... Uh, Two
2: feet across, about a foot tall. Oh, oh, amazing. <laughs> and
1: I think she probably got it from a, a sister of hers that had lived in Arizona. And so they'd, you know, share plants and mm-hmm. share things. And mm-hmm. man, that was my first, you know, first learning uh about nature's medicine. And then she had a cough syrup that was she made, but it, it had uh, some other things
2: in it. <laughs> but, uh, my, you know. my, father, um, my father was not a young man when I was born. And in order to... He, he lived a very long time past what his body really wanted him to. He says because he wanted to see how I was going to turn out. I think that's a very positive statement myself. And uh, he was a mason, and he and his lodge buddies would put aloe vera extract in their milkshakes because they were all old and they all had tummy trouble. And he said it was the best thing that ever happened. It was just, it was just great. And because we had argued about so many forms of natural medicine by this time, <laughs> we had had so many disagreements about, oh, let's see, music and boyfriends and girlfriends and even dogs and cats and politics and everything else my father loved me very much but he couldn't figure out what happened why when he told me to think for myself i actually did it was a terrible problem for him so be careful what you tell your children but he did bring me a beautiful which i still have today a a beautiful pamphlet from the masonic education program about the value of aloe vera and its ancient history and all of the stories about it so we came together over that um We also came together around a couple of pieces of music, but that's that's a story for another day. (laughs) I think he would have been 150 if he was alive. No, not really, but getting getting up there, um, getting up there. Fun stuff, though, to think about. What do you find to talk to your relatives about that are a good bit older than you? And. it's a, it's a fun it's a fun thing to find something to talk about. Might be porcini mushrooms. Might be American lions. This is very cool, John. Thank you. The Mississippi Fossil and Artifact Symposium and Exhibition October 29, 2022. Check it out. Wonderful stuff. My goodness, it's already time, y'all. We got to get right. Stick around. This is weekend gardening. Garden Mama here. Lakeland Yard and Garden Center has everything to make your home cozy and festive this holiday season. Fresh cut Fraser fir Christmas trees, poinsettias, Christmas cactus, fresh live greenery, even orchids and pansies. Lakeland also carries collectible gift items and ornaments from Radco, Buyer's Choice, Carolers, and Old World Christmas. Custom bows, gift wrapping, and gift cards are available. Stop by Lakeland Yard and Garden today for festive decor and more. Grow ho hoing your way at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road.
11: What's the best way to accomplish a common goal? Teamwork. When a team works together, they can do anything with the right leadership. That's why all of us at Janny King, the king of clean, are excited for this season. At Janny King, our team has been working together for over 35 years, cleaning your offices, schools, buildings, and churches. Let our team help your team. Go to jannykingcleans.com and trust your clean to the king. That's JannyKingClean.com. Janny King, the King of Clean. Hey guys, it's football season again and the College Corner is back to get you geared up for game day. We have significantly increased our inventory so there is even more to choose from. Still waiting in lines and fighting the big crowds in Starkville and Oxford? Come by and our staff will have you in and out and on your way. Want to score a touchdown at your next tailgate or homegate party? Then look for us online at collegecornerstore.com or come see
6: us at our Ridgeland store and in Flowood. The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great.
5: What's your least favorite season? Now, if you're like me, it's cold and flu season. So get relief from it this year with Mucinex DM. With cough and chest congestion relief for 12 hours in just one dose, that's three times longer than four-hour products. Mucinex DM makes any season comeback season, even cold and flu season. Get three times the relief in just one dose with Mucinex DM. It couldn't be simpler. Nothing lasts longer among over-the-counter cough and cold remedies. Mucinex DM provides 12 hours of relief for chest congestion and cough, day or night, uses directed.
4: Good morning students. Cartoon Network wants you to start your day off right by speaking up against bullying. People can be bullied for
1: all kinds of things:
4: who they are, where they're from, what they look like, or what they believe.
1: That's called identity-based bullying. If you see a student being bullied, be supportive.
4: Ask if they're okay and invite them to join you. You can be an ally and make a friend. Friendship. Visit stopbullyingspeakup.com
11: and redraw your world
10: without bullying.
4: Mama like I'm gonna wheel, rock me, mama,
8: and way you feel. Hey.
2: Yes, indeed, my friends. I hope if you're rolling down the road today, headed someplace, maybe you're headed home, maybe you're going shopping, maybe you're going to see Grandma for the weekend, well, I just trust that you'll be very careful out there. Understand that uh, wet roads are wet roads. And they if, if Houston is any indication, we're not going to get that. We never get quite what Houston gets. But we also have very few days when it, the entire state says 100% chance of rain. <laughs>
1: I'm happy so, for it. We needed some. Ooh,
2: absolutely. I, absolutely. I was
1: uh, making a decision last week to try to push a boat a half mile down a bayou of three inches of water and about a foot of mud. Oh, dear. And we made the decision not to do that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so <we looked>. Thinking <laughs> wisely, we said, no, I don't think so. Yeah, we were waiting for the rain. So hopefully it's helped a little bit.
2: Well, and and the, the same is true with me and the, the planting of the daffodils and whatnot. To the point where we have, in fact, um, delayed the beginning of the cut flower growers training to December the 6th because we feel like we got one more week along here of actual getting out and doing work before it gets silly wet, silly cold, silly can't do anything outside, make more soup, you know, (laughs) time, which is going to happen, I believe, right as we roll into December, which I hate because there's so many Christmas parades that first weekend and all those kinds of things. but. Having marched under an umbrella myself, I can tell you that it, it can be done. It is indeed possible. And yes, we need it. We need it for so many, many parts of our our landscapes, farms, um, frankly, just to wash the dust off of things. Other stuff going on right now that you you may not have any bulbs to plant. You may not have any perennials to divide. Get out there and clean up the rose bed, for heaven's sake, right now. This is the time of year, of course, when... All the pests are looking for a place to spend the winter, and you would just as soon they went somewhere else. Um, break away the dead flowers, the dropped leaves, get out the old mulch, put in some fresh if you've got um, a need to do that. And in fact, now is the time to do one other thing that you might not think of um, in the tree department. This is the time of year we there, that people talk about, well, this is not going to ever grow. And so you have a tree sitting out here, and it's not ever going to grow. If it has lichen growing on the branches, you know that it's it's trying to grow, but it's not growing fast enough to, to really do what it needs to do, and the lichen is taking advantage of that. So you're going to scrape the lichen off of it. But then there's another thing that you may not have considered doing, and that is simply to root prune it. If you, if you have a sharp shovel, particularly um, uh, one that, that has a long, narrow foot on it, you know, there's there's all kinds of shovels out there, but this particular thing is, got, you know, we, you you may or may not have the one that I'm talking about, but sharpen the shovel that you have either way. Cut a series of slashes. If it's, say, it's a tree that's about three inches, four inches around, it's just been sitting there. Go out a foot from the trunk and, and make some slashes. Not all the way around. If you're going to move the tree... Then yes, you would make them all the way around to begin that process, but what you're trying to do is root prune a little bit and stimulate a little bit of growth in the roots while the action can happen and in order in order to benefit the top of the tree come next spring so try that. I had a wonderful um, opportunity long years ago to see a professor of whom I had great regard actually have to back up and say no I was wrong and you were right does that ever happen well it does yes it does happen occasionally and in this case my friend had listed um, for edible seeds she had listed pumpkin and he counted off and said no you can't eat those and she, she brought him some of course that were roasted in a commercially available product she also made him some with the we all ended up eating pumpkin seeds all that whole semester is the point. Pepitos is what those are called. So don't surprise yourself by resisting a taste or two of some roasted seeds, roasted nuts, things that you might not recognize. I had the experience this week of cooking something that I've never cooked before and may or may not cook again, but it was interesting. Um, a sweet potato cheesecake. I have to tell you, it was more cheesecake than sweet potato, which is my problem because I want everything to be real sweet potatoed up, but this was a little bit on the cheesy side. And I did, however, really appreciate the baked nuts part of it. And I've I've ended up making, baking more nuts and just eating those. (laughs) So you may decide you want to do that too. When you run into some annuals right now to plant, be sure that you don't miss any that you have the opportunity to get. If you're looking at foxglove, for example, if you're looking at um, more pansies, more johnny jump-ups, calendulas, delphiniums, yeah, you may have to protect them in some places at some times. But if you don't plant them now, you're not going to have any flowers in the spring from that group of plants that are known as spring-blooming annuals in Ohio. <laughs> they're They're not our springs. They're late winter for us.
1: What is the toxic nature of a foxglove? What would, I've heard to be careful having foxgloves. I've grown them before Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful flowers. Mm Uh, the little trumpets and i mean they're just amazing they're beautiful is now but have i been told wrong that they have a toxic nature to them no, they're not like they're, they're,
2: the, they're the source of digitalis okay. which is the thing that back in the day they they probably still do in some cases they'd give if you had heart trouble they would give you a pill to put under your tongue when you felt the heart trouble coming on that was digitalis and it was it was taken from fox Club. so yeah they're toxic too much of anything is usually toxic, but that is a, in the case of foxgloves, it's one of the things that they produce to keep other things from eating them. I don't know if deer eat them. I can't answer that question. Somebody's going to ask it to me here on the text in a heartbeat because everybody I, always wants to know, will deer eat them? I don't know. I may have had so many
1: other good options like monkey grass and that <laughs> that they, they went to. But I, I never they, enjoyed saw,
2: <laughs> yeah, they stayed away from my foxgloves. Yep, 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 yep. Oh this is all true. This is this is this the fossil and in, in where the where they pray or where they this or that has really spurred a conversation that I would have to have another hour in in order to get into and call two or three other people to talk about cuz I don't know enough to talk intelligently about it. But yes. Um yes, John. I agree with you. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, when you do plant something now whether it's a tree or a perennial that you've just dug up or in my case some flower bulbs this is a really good time to remember how important it is to water them in And I do mean that even though we're going to have plenty of rain right now, if you just planted some things yesterday, congratulations, because you're going to get plenty of watering in. But that does not take away the need at times for a root stimulator fertilizer or for the opportunity to put some mulch around those plants. Just don't miss all the other little pieces, just because you know you've got that one done properly. Speaking of which, if you are growing... Um Candlestick trees, candelabra trees, uh, Cassia a lot of, If if you are growing those and you have seeds, please get in touch with me, Mama on Air at yahoo dot com. I will buy some from you. Not, I'm not going to buy a thousand, but I will I will buy a good number from you because I got a project I need to have in bloom next fall, and the only way to do that is with those. This particular is to get those seeds, and they're not easy to find. Okay, okay. I noticed uh, I really felt bad that there wasn't anybody to capture the water main that erupted in my neighborhood uh, this past week. But if you do have excess sources, if you' if you're looking to do something for someone, a way to capture water is always going to be a good idea, not, not just in my beloved city of Jackson, but all over the place. Gardeners need water, rainfall's changing. One plus one equals two, huh? (laughs) All right, now, we got more to go. I'm going to read all this stuff about the fossils and enjoy it very much, but then we'll get back to the business of gardening, because that's what we do around here. This is Weekend Gardening.
8: Take me back to another farm To a town so long ago Well, sweet Blossoms, cotton fields, were white as snow, Catfish Shung was a river home, lived and
7: died by the
8: river's bend.
6: Please
7: never use gas appliances for purposes which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes and never store flammable materials inside propane cylinders. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in protecting your home or business. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards. Plus, we offer free gas checks for our customers.
11: Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit mspropane.com. Call toll free.
7: Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife about doghouse living.
9: Well, it's okay. Our doghouse is a double wide and two stories at that.
7: Wow. An alternative for today's high priced homes.
2: Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter.
7: Yeah, it's challenging, folks stay out of the doghouse by calling 811 before you dig let's make our goal zero damages zero injuries Bridge builders. If you're one of the 100 million Americans who suffer from high blood pressure, this is for you. New Vicks NyQuil high blood pressure is specially formulated for people with high blood pressure. NyQuil high blood pressure is sugar-free and alcohol-free. NyQuil high blood pressure is also decongestant-free, unlike some ordinary cold medicines. So look for Vicks NyQuil high blood pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing,
0: coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold, and flu for people with high blood pressure? Medicine
11: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Governor Tate Reeves has proposed creating a patriotic education fund to help schools combat what he calls a factually inaccurate narrative about our nation's history. Senator Angela Hill told us she's been working on what she considers patriotic education since she took office. I've been filing a bill to have every high school graduate have to pass the naturalized citizenship test. I don't know how more patriotic that you can get than to to actually make sure that our hi- high school graduates actually understand civics and government and understand something about this country. Because you can go out there and poll them on the street and it's obvious they don't know. We gripe and complain because our kids aren't uh, up to speed on on what they need to be up to speed as far as how government even is supposed to work and they listen to what they see on TV and the yeah. media. Time to put your money where your mouth is and let's, let's get these kids truly educated. Reeves wants to allocate $5 million to the fund. Welcome to Dog House Living.
7: Our guest is Bob and his wife Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging, I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course.
11: Why wouldn't you just call 811? So,
7: the takeaway, folks to stay out of the doghouse, call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries.
11: Lawmakers are headed back to Washington next week to finish out the lame duck session. That's the legislative period between the midterms and the new Congress, which will start January 3rd. Congressman Michael Guest expects Democrats to try to push several items through during this session such as dealing away with
7: the with the debt ceiling. Uh, we know that government funding expires on the 16th day of December, and so there's going to have to be some sort of deal cut. I hope it is a very short-term deal cut on some sort of continuing resolution to the beginning of the year so that the Republicans could put our stamp on the federal budget. We've got the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, which uh, needs to be reauthorized between now and the end of the year. So we've got some very heavy lifts that we have to perform between now uh, and when we go home. For Christmas.
11: For all the latest Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.sm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
6: Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The end of the regular season in football has come about today. Southern Miss still looking for their sixth win, and Bo El will take on ULM in Monroe today. Five and six for the Golden Eagles overall, three and four in their first year in the Sunbelt Conference. ULM is four and seven, three and four also in the SBC kickoff is set for four o'clock in Monroe. Delta State will try to stay alive in the Division Two playoffs. They beat Fayetteville last week fifty-one to nothing. They'll take on GSC rival and co-champion West Florida today. The Statesmen are eleven and one. West Florida is ten and one. Delta State won the earlier meeting between the two. Back in september 45 42 in double overtime 130 is the kickoff at parker mccool stadium today delta state and west florida this is sports mississippi
7: from the ground up from the grassroots that's how we began in 1922 and that's how we do things today for mississippians we introduced benefits like our insurance in the 1940s and fought to stretch broadband internet service from desoto county to the mississippi gulf coast so from the ground up not just a farm organization 100 years of strengthening our families our communities and our state the mississippi farm bureau federation 100 years of faith family and farm bureau
6: some key games will affect the college football rankings on this final saturday of the regular season First off, Auburn will take on Alabama, LSU will take on Texas A&M, Ohio State will take on Michigan. The college football rankings are Georgia is at number one, Ohio State is number two, Michigan number three, TCU is at number four, LSU is at number five, and Alabama is at number seven. And there's basketball action on tap for tomorrow's the Ole Miss Rebels top Sienna back on Friday Seventy-four to sixty-two in the ESPN Events Invitational. So the Rebels are now six and zero on the season. They'll move into the championship game of the ESPN Events in- Invitational. Twelve thirty will be the tick-off on Sunday. Twelve noon will be the airtime on the Ole Miss Basketball Network. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi.
0: your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you.
2: Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Could it really be this simple? Could it possibly be? Oh, good grief. Researchers examining what happens with picky eaters, you have any in your family? I have some in my family. I found that the color of the bowl the food is served in has an influence on how it tastes. I'm not saying this is not true. I'm just saying, do I have really one more thing to worry about now? Good grief. I have told this story before. If my children are listening, I apologize. I have two wonderful, beautiful children. I have two wonderful, beautiful stepchildren. And over the years... There were times when two of them would not eat anything that had ever been in the water. And there was times when two of them would never eat anything that was green. I'm happy to say all of those things have changed now that they're adults. But I had no notion that it could be the plate color, the the bowl color, that could be the problem. The University of Portsmouth has discovered, yep, it does influence your taste perception. So think about it. If macaroni and cheese is in a yellow bowl that you don't like the color of, are you not going to like the cheese, or are you going to like it more? I have no idea. If you ever needed a description of first-world problems, if you've ever read about that and wondered what people were talking about, or somebody refers to it or makes a joke about it, they're talking about worrying about what color the plate is, okay, as opposed to what's on it and whether or not it will keep you alive. I'm not saying we can't be picky. I'm not saying people should not be discriminating in their food intake. I'm just saying we're spending money studying what color plates to put the food on. That's, to me, not the biggest problem.
1: You, somebody that sorry. bartended for a while, that was one of the things that a, a very good uh, a manager of mine said when we were training was, you know, hey, look, if you forget all the ingredients and you're in a hurry, just make it pretty. They're going to like it, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I, I would say that. I'm that, afraid that's what the little umbrellas yeah, are about. Yeah. And then <laughs> you just, So, you see, you go to a lot of places and they throw the sage in and the lemongrass and, you know, the presentation. Yeah. But the prettiest one to me, you know, talking about food and plant is the Bloody Mary. I mean, it's it's a virtual salad. I'm, it,
2: I'm 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 with you, but I got
1: to say that the celery needs to be fresh.
2: Yeah, yeah and, <laughs> and,
1: and not you know, the, when you put a piece of fried chicken in it or no, something. No, 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 no. That's well, not no for me. I, Yeah, I'm with you on that.
2: That's not for me. <laughs> I have, I was trained as a bartender. Of, I've trained to do a lot of things. I have done a lot of things in 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 my careers, and I will tell you that the size of the ice actually makes a difference that's kind of crazy but it's
1: true yeah the, and you would save the big blocks you know for the, the, yeah. the guys that coming in wanting the blantons and, and are, they,
2: yeah then they're going to sit there for a while yeah they yeah. love it yeah, don't, sure. Hey,
1: don't dump the ice out either always oh, no yeah, that's uh-uh. a sin
2: robert and corin says i would not drink milk out of a green glass okay i i'm I'm pretty sure I've done that. Well, in fact, I know I have because I have some stemmed green glasses, and I'm sure they've had milk or uh, assorted other things like that in them. I don't know. I have no. Now, I've known people that didn't want to drink out of anything except glass glasses, and I felt like they were limiting themselves unnecessarily. <laughs> That's what a Solo Cup's for. Well, right? those of us who... For, for those of us who understand how precious it can be to live where you can drive through a drive through window and pick up food and drink, I, I'm kind of into those paper cups. <laughs> I'm glad it's there. Don't ask me how much hamburgers cost when I first started buying them from the drive through. It will frighten you. <laughs> now, listen, we were talking about turtles in the previous hour. And the, by the way, this is weekend gardening. I'd love to take your phone calls. Super Talks call line is 888-088-8637. And, of course, the c Spire text line where y'all are informing me of such interesting things, 601-879-4395. I would give you the questions from the Facebook group, except I have answered all of them. Everybody's getting into the habit of putting in things with flowers and with posts and with pictures, and that's really all that I'm asking on that particular group. So that's that's why we're doing a lot of other things today in addition to talking about what's not growing in my garden that I want to be and how deep the leaves are that I've still get got to rake out of there. Oh, my goodness. How did all those leaves get? The leaves all fell off the tree, and I raked them up. Now, how come they're back? Well, because I have red oaks, and red oaks drop their leaves through the entire winter, right up until the moment. The last ones fall off just as the new ones are coming on. And of course, live oaks, if you grow live oaks, live oaks lose a few, but they're never entirely dormant. They're, so they always, I mean, they're never entirely leafless. So they have new leaves and old leaves on at the same time, and then the old leaves drop off. And it looks new because those leaves have only been on there for a few months relative to the ones that fell off, which could have been there for a number of years. If we get the sort of rain that they're discussing for us midweek and on, parts of the state are going to be really hammered. So you can count on more leaves falling after that. I, um, I believe that I saw for the first time this year, I actually saw my cat get hit in the head by an acorn, and he's m- more than 15 years old. He was very surprised. <laughs> I don't know that that had happened to him. I mean, certainly he's been outside and seen them fall, but I don't know if he was reacting on my benefit or, or not, you know. Oh, that's beautiful. Just beautiful, beautiful. Y'all are sending such gorgeous things on here. Um, if you if you want to transplant um, hydrangeas, certainly now is a fine time to do that. Isn't this the month of the chrysanthemum, and it's coming to
1: an end? But I, I...
2: well, it, it depends on where you are. They've already finished blooming. Memphis, say down to Winona, I believe, from what I'm seeing in pictures from folks, and the coast is full up pink Claire curtis as many as because they don't go actually on the coast they don't do super well there but hattiesburg and elsewhere now mine are half in bloom and half out of bloom and they've already started to go yellow on the bottoms so that's the difference in the, the way that some perennials work as say these beautiful magnificent colors we've got beech trees that are just honey colored leaves we've got bradford pears that are screaming red my orangeola maple, Japanese maple, is bright orange. There's so many things. The, there's some beautiful yellows that are out here, in, and I believe those are birches, but I could be wrong. Those might – yeah, I think those are birches. Anyway, gorgeous, gorgeous colors, and I believe the reason is because we had such cold weather, but then it didn't stay cold enough to knock all the leaves off. So they were able to color up, as as the, those folks say, um, and then we were able to get some beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous leaves going. Um talking about turtles, the, the biggest turtle ever found in, in Europe, well, the remains of the biggest turtle ever found in Europe were found in the Pyrenees this last month. But interestingly enough, and for those of us who like turtles, this is very, very good news. The number of green turtles that are engaged in breeding um, on, on Cyprus has risen recently. But it really depends and this is another case where we that that word terror almost comes into play again of the the environment itself. There's a specific one lagoon in Egypt, and that is where many of them feed. Unfortunately, it it, it's, it really does drive the whole process green turtles are an endangered species they spend most of their life in a single space in, in a very small area they don't forage very far from where they are but they go back to the beach where they hatched to lay eggs for the next generation so this is university of exeter and the north Cyprus society for the protection of turtles which is cleverly acronymed spot do you love that um they've been they've been tagging and tracking females for a, quite a while now and found they found 74% of those females forage at Lake Bardawil in Egypt so what this means is that the population is very dependent on this particular local adaptation in the same way that we talked about the porcini mushrooms and the, the local adaptation of those things so about since 2010, they've showed a large increase in the number of foraging at that particular lake, and at the same time, the number of adult turtles foraging around Cypress and Turkey has declined, possibly because of bycatch. You know that's where the turtles get caught in the fishing nets that are that are not intended for them. But that would have to be an awful lot. So some of this, they feel like it's um, that, that that they're driven by the protection of the nesting sites. Okay, so anyway, this. This lagoon allows the turtles to swim in and out because it has a, a human constructed outlet um for example if you looked at if if you look at the things that are called false rivers they're 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 bows and the river makes creates itself and then cuts itself off so this is this is a lagoon that they in turn went and resurfaced or re reopened rather i should say so that you can get from that lagoon into the larger body of water which allows for all of this all the turtles decided they wanted a bit of it, so they've all begun to do this. And it, it is really in turn, 90% is a lot. Um, and it's interesting that they're finding so many of them have moved there. 74% at that one lake and 90% have moved from where they were to somewhere else. So it's a very small number that are where they were in 2010 when they started these things. And yes, it does use long-term satellite tracking and tagging and whatnot. My favorite form of technology if I could only have one that's the one I want <laughs> <You> know <laughs> um, interesting fascinating stuff oh speaking of the ocean, I thought this was really interesting um algae like like a lot of things it has a, a good and a bad reputation okay I grew up going to to um baton rouge louisiana the university lakes there when there is an algae bloom and the fish die it is one of the most unpleasant things you've ever been around in your life fortunately it's brief but it's really not a good thing so algae has a bad reputation but it's essential it's essential to life in the water okay everybody's got to eat and in the case of microscopic algae it is crucial to ocean health so there's maps of it it's another case where just as we are now understanding that the maps that we had of fungi are not so great, because things have changed, temperatures have changed, and environments have changed, and the fungi have moved and expanded in their case. In this case, the new technology is mapping the movement of microscopic algae, and in fact, it's the basic of the aquatic food web. You can understand that. But they also sequester the majority of the world's carbon. So when we talk about the need for carbon sinks and the need for places for the for carbon to be sequestered. This is in fact one of the biggest that we have available to us and so therefore the life and health and the locations of the microscopic algae are very, very important. Publishing in eLife, they're they're using new microfluidic technology. What in the world does that mean? Well, it's a way to trap and then image Single microalgae swimming inside micro droplets for the very first time. I, I, when I read this the other day, I thought this, this must have been what it was like the first time a jeweler was able to see individual facets in a cut, a cut stone because you saw them coming or you wouldn't have been known where to cut much like a sculptor, but when they're actually there, your ability to see them and their depth just must have been overwhelming. and I love that. So what they have discovered is that all kinds of things affect this, and they now need to understand both the way they swim, how the whole microscopic organism works as a whole, but also in the individual details, and that's what they're working on now. The technology has a great range, of course, of potential possibilities of use, it could let us – any kind of organisms, cell organism that's organized in cells, which is all of us, could be better studied and better understood once we understand how to, to do this. So it's pretty fun stuff. University of Exeter is at it once again. That's really great. That is wonderful stuff. You know, one of the questions is always, where do you go next? What are you doing in your garden next? And in many cases, we are getting ready for the holiday season. I want to encourage you that if you have the time, if you have just a little bit of energy, if you have just even just a, an old string of lights, go ahead and put them up. You may put them in the house. You may not want to put them outside. Either either way you do it, give yourself the opportunity to show off just a little bit, to, to get a little spirit going and give yourself that opportunity. I have a, I have a Sasanqua Bush that was used as a the the as everything else was grafted on top of it. The the preferable sasanqua was caught, was grafted. The camellia rather japonica was was grafted on there. That never it was a gift. It was lovely, but it never really worked. So I have this kind of a blob. I have another blob in the back where I was doing a pruning demonstration, and they gave me the plant in a container. Brought it home, planted it in his thrived where I did not think it would. So it continues to get clipped into sort of a ball. I'm going to put just I can't stand it. They've got to have lights. They're going to be lit up just for grins this year. So I hope that you will decide to do some of that yourself because workout this year is, is from from just from Dresden lets us know that what we gaze at does make a difference. Oftentimes if you if you take up meditation, for example, or if you take up certain um, prayer rituals, you'll be told to either close your eyes or to unfocus them so that you can focus on what is inside or what is above you rather than what is actually in your field of vision, okay? So that's part of what the gaze is about. Gazes do direct us to one thing or another. But this particular study shows us that the way we move our eyes, whatever kind of tasks we're processing – provides a lot of information about what you're actually occupied with and whether or not you're interested in completing that task. I sometimes if if you've off, if you've noticed someone read a teleprompter and they look very uncomfortable. Okay, they they seem to dart their eyes around and they can't seem to focus on one side or the other. They they're not doing the head sweeps that are normal or the chin action that's normal when you're reading something that's over here on a wall that you're trying to see without looking at it. That's what this is all about. The findings could actually help us organize our screens in the future to be better visually responsive to what it is we are trying to look at and to be able to slow down for us so that we can see it better. I love this. Measuring eye movements allows us to understand how it's processed, and we've always known, well, not always, but 30 or 40 years, I guess, um, we've known that your, your eye movements in particular can tell a lot about the way you're processing information. And I'm telling you, if you just pay the least bit of attention, where that person gazes and where they don't is going to make a big difference to you, too. Okay, now, I'm not a meteorologist, but here comes the weather forecast right here on Weekend Gardening.
4: This is Jake Mangum, player for the New York Mets organization and former Mississippi State Bulldog. You can't make it in life without making good choices. Choices like living healthy, going to school, taking care of your family, and insurance through Farm Bureau. With their exceptional customer service and competitive insurance rates, they're a good choice anyone can make. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit rates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team.
9: Com.
0: One, two, three, it's the year-end sales event at Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Get power, safety features, and bold style, plus an industry-leading
5: 10-year warranty. Check out the all-new Outlander PHEV or drive a 2023 Outlander today, starting at $27,595. let us go to the year-end sales event at Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Manufacturer suggested retail price based on Outlander ES2WD.
7: excludes destination handling, tax title, license, etc. Price, terms, and vehicle availability may vary. See dealer for limited warranty and program
5: details. Offer ends one Hey guys, ditch that baseball cap. If your dad was bald by middle age, you're thinking to yourself, hey, that's going to be me." Well, today, losing your hair is your choice. I'm Dr. Michael Konoski at Mississippi Hair Restoration in Metro Jackson. We can actually stop loss and regrow your hair. Our new, affordable, non-surgical, in-office treatments get amazing results. So guys, here's the pitch. The sooner you start, the less you have to lose. It's that baseball cap today. See our results at
1: StopHairLossMS.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth.
0: Hey, there's hair!
8: BankCorp South Bank and Cadence Bank have come together to form a new, even better bank. The new Cadence is more than a merger. Together, we offer more convenience, accessibility, and simplicity through an expanded branch network, secure technology, and enhanced products and services. It's the best of both banks, from the same financial services experts you know and trust. Cadence Bank, helping opportunity take shape. Visit CadenceBank.com slash The New Cadence, member FDIC.
9: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Goal Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. The most magical show in Mississippi is back. Make holiday memories that last
0: a lifetime. At the 8th Annual Gulfport Harbor Lights Winter Festival. Over 2 million lights. The most elaborate Santa's Village. Rides and more. You are guaranteed a holiday experience like no other. Going on now until December 31st.
8: And that
2: is why I have always wanted to go to Mexico City for New Year's. And what is she talking about? Well, poinsettias have poinsettias turn red and get their little yellow flowers in the center in response to short daylight amounts. That is to say, the winter. Okay, and in nature, that timing happens late December and in, in through January. That's when. The former ambassador to Mexico, John Ponsett, yep, that's right, that was his name, brought them back to the United States and said, we've got to have these for Christmas, they're gorgeous, and eventually turned into the poinsettias that we have today. But because they are, in fact, tree size and bloom in the medians in the street, I saw the plants there, but it was the summer, so they weren't bright red, and I look forward to that one one day being there, at least with my drone, if not with myself, um, New Year's, to be able to see that.
1: I was in Mexico City what twenty uh, something years ago, when I was down there studying and, and made a few trips over and uh, you know like you said the boulevards had these beautiful trees spectacular. You and had no I did idea. not know those were points. <laughs> it was the middle of summer, you know. Yep, so,
2: it was summer. Well, you live
1: and learn. I mean, those are I had to look up after our conversation how big they get i mean that's that's amazing <laughs> i mean I, you can't imagine well, that, that's and from a for plant. the
2: per, for the person that brought that, that first thought well i think i'll put these into a 4 inch pot you know and grow 10 zillion of them for the holidays that's pretty smart thinking if you if you think about how you just—he rode along and saw the trees and decided that he was going to bring some back to the United States. And eventually, of course, we began to call them poinsettias because they're euphorbias. They're related to all the other euphorbias, but they're—they're um, they're, they're a beautiful, beautiful plant. And yeah, I'm going to have that one apparently for a while. <laughs> it can happen for a while. Oh my goodness! Faster flood information. Converting waste paper into battery parts. Good grief! There's a lot of news out here this week. I have to say, I'm, uh, I am I wish that I knew that this was going to work because I'd start piling up the paper. This is, in Singapore, a, a technique has been developed to convert waste paper, those kind of single-use packages and bags and cardboard boxes, into a one component that is critical to ion bat- battery development. Well, that's one of our big problems is those ion batteries. So let's figure this out, folks. That's great. Um, they, they reduce it to pure carbon first, and it goes into carbon water and, and, and oil, of course, that can be biofuel, but then it they've turned it and gone farther and farther into it. This is great. I, I love that I had no idea there was a scientific peer-reviewed journal called Additive Manufacturing. <laughs> but there it is. Good grief.
1: Well, you got you know we have the the song coming up in a little while for uh, Christmas. I mean for the uh, vacation, and I was watching that last night. But you know he was a preservative and additive specialist. That's, Mr. That you know, was so that was his job. Grunwald, yeah Griswold yeah, Griswold whatever <laughs> Clark.
2: Yeah, the. Uh well, since you gave it, you gave it away. I'll, I'll let people know that it, this is the point in the year where I love to debut "Holiday Road," simply because, frankly, it's one of the silliest songs that's ever been written. But it also has a certain go to it, and uh, it 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 signals a, a time, frankly, that uh, we're, we all need to be thinking about other stuff, whether it's the vacation or whether it's the staying at home and getting ready for the people you know who come to visit you. There's a lot to be said for it. Put the kettle on is another piece of that puzzle. Make sure you got coffee or tea or whatever they're up to. Um, I didn't know that Edith Cowan had a university, but the Edith Cowan University is reporting to us this week that a daily cup of tea could help you enjoy better health and later on in life. I don't believe this was done by the tea manufacturers, so
1: <laughs> it may be legit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel confident that it is um, our own. Missus Great Mississippi Tea Company folks would certainly agree. The um, I've been drinking tea my whole life. I drink everything though. I'm I'm a I'm a fish when it comes to water and tea and coffee and and sodas and all sorts of stuff. But the key here, of course, is flavonoids or flavonoids if you prefer. And indeed, black tea is rich in them, and green tea is not so bad either. But this particular one, there may be studies telling us that they may even be um, better for us than previously thought. I want to know, I, I want to meet the person that did all these interviews that organized this because this was a study of more than 800 women with a median age of 80. So that means that they were 90 <laughs> and they were older than that. They found um, they they had high levels of flavonoids. If they had high flavonoids in their diet, they had much less buildup of what is called the, what is the calci- calciification of the aortas in your tummy. So we go back again. Everything's about your tummy. All right. The largest artery in the body supplies oxygenated blood from the heart to the abdominal organs and the lower limbs and is a predictor of cardiovascular health. It can measure that for you. So um, it has a, a, re- a reference to dementia as well keeping it healthy. So what we're asking for is for you to please have some more flavonoids. Get yourself together. Um, Black or green tea, but also, yes, indeed, I'm going to say this and I'm probably going to get in trouble. Our state's favorite favorite fruit, blueberries. I knew I couldn't say that. Favorite fruit, blueberries, um, as well as so many other wonderful things, not the least of which is dark chocolate. So.
1: What is the tree? And there was a tree is growing in a yard uh, that I'm around a lot, and it's it drops these circularish kind of waxy leaves. Now, normally they would be kind of brown, but they're so green right now that they've dropped. It's almost like a blanket. But normally that plant will have a cluster of almost black looking berries, and it's a mature tree. And I've looked everywhere trying to figure out it's not a hackberry or uh, one of those, but it's a. It's almost like a you know it's a full grown tree waxing. are the leaves thick they're pretty thick, and are the it? are the berries
2: um cylindric rather than round
1: you know that, that, there's just so many of them you know okay. and it's almost like a seed opens
2: send me a picture
1: i' I'll, I'll do that, yeah.
2: Uh, because there are a bunch of them, and some things are acting differently this year. Some things that would ordinarily have browned out just sort of got frozen in place, you know, and now they're going to drop all their leaves all over the place. I saw a ginkgo that hadn't lost its leaves, and I had no idea that there were any of those that hadn't done that already, so I'll try and help. You, too, can send me a picture of something that you don't know. You can send it right here to the text line, six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Thanks to C Spire for that, and if you or during the week and you take a picture of something please don't do it at 45 miles an hour but send me the picture to mama on air at yahoo.com you may see it in the next week's newsletter and indeed you can subscribe to the newsletter by sending me a note there too and just letting me know that you want to um, for my my correspondent here I don't we were trying to figure out he was having trouble getting patreon um, which is where my support site is he was having trouble getting there i think if you download the patreon app you shouldn't have any problems but we did go through this week and check with patreon everything's working we went back and forth and and couldn't find it couldn't find an answer to tell you what the problem is because i don't know what the problem is how about that all right oh yeah the oldest evidence of the controlled use of fire and those carp (laughs) it's amazing isn't it good grief Good grief. One of the quests that we have all been on, I think, is the quest to understand how we can keep our pollinators happier and healthier and in greater numbers. And at this time of year... We're really looking at things changing. There the 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 pink Clara Curtis mums that are all over my front garden right now are covered up in bees every time the temperature gets above freezing <laughs> lately. They've been very busy out there and I'm happy for them and happy for me too. But those are going to wear out in another few weeks. So what's going to be next? I did notice that there are a few things, you know, what what people would ordinarily call weeds that are beginning to put on a flower or two. But I still went ahead and took the flowers off of what was left of the gripe weed. There are some things I will not let go on from bloom to seed, and that is one of them because it's just too prolific and too much of a pest when I leave it go to seed. Can't do that. So I pulled all of those up. I thought I was sad when I did it, but I went ahead and did that. The good news is that there's hellebores starting to bloom. There's sasanquas in bloom. And quite a few other things that are working on being being a little happier now that it's later in the fall. Um, fun stuff. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Now, speaking of pollinators, trying to stay on track here, folks, trying to stay on track. Honeybee lifespans are one of those things that we just take so for granted. Um, whether the native bees or whether the, as we all know that our friends, the European honeybee is, is not really ours here in North America, but we certainly have billions of them, thankfully. University of Maryland, though, is studying the lifespan of individual honeybees kept in controlled environments. And they have been doing this for a long time, for most of all of our lives, because they want to study what is affecting their ability to survive and therefore pollinate our crops. Um, It's now 50% shorter, their lifespan, than it was in the 1970s. Now, this is interesting to us for a lot of reasons, but it also tells us, because not as many things have changed and this is a serious decline, that genetics may, in fact, be... Part of the high colony turnover that we are seeing. In other words, we may not be, that we, we're certainly seeing bee loss, but we also may be seeing bee evolution into a different sort of multiplication formula, or as, as they say, propagation formula here. When they modeled the effect of today's shorter lifespans, they actually saw that the colony collapses and the reduced honey production trends are right in there along with that reduced population so it's interested it it, they're not saying that that's caused the problem they're saying that it is either it may be the result of it or it may just be going alongside of it you know um, causation is not necessarily correlation and vice versa you don't always get you can you can say one two three, but the next number may be four, but it may be two. You know, it depends on what way you way you're going. This is the first study to show that the overall decline in honeybee lifespan is potentially environmentally unrelated. The, the stressors, in other words, the things that we are able to document, like temperature and pesticide prevalence and other kinds of threats, we understand are there. All of those stressors. But this is independent of that, and it is reporting in scientific reports, so it's not, it's not hooey, it's not baloney. I promise. It is not, not, not baloney. Um, oh! I wanted to bring you this tip that someone has said to me. You know, they they were at my house for the bottle tree garden tour, and they said your yard looked terrible. And I said, yes, it did. Thank you very much. And I I owned that. I told everybody it looks terrible. They made this tour and didn't, didn't give me a year to get ready for it. And it hadn't rained in two months, and it's just I don't water very much, and it's a mess. But the good news is that it rebounds, and it's, in fact, now in full bloom with Clara Curtis Mums and any number of other things going on out there. The roses have started up again and whatnot. But if you, like me, are worried about these things, now's the time to do something about it. You may or may not be putting in an in-ground system. You may or may not be putting an above-ground system. But if you're going to do that, think about it now so that you can get your parts, because all of those things are more available in the late fall and winter than they will be in spring when everybody's out there looking for them. So if you want that sprinkler or if you want that new set of connectors or you want some other thing that's going to help you control the watering that you produce for your yard, for your garden next year, think about it this year. And if you have a system, now is a great time to give it a look. Go out, make sure what's working is working. Make sure if you need to replace something, if you've got a broken pipe, if you've got this or that, that you know to go ahead and fix that now because it will be a lot easier to work on it now and a whole lot easier to find things when not when not everyone else is looking for them. I had somebody send me a note this week um, from Biloxi. She says my, my daffodils came up just as soon as the weather went, went from frozen <laughs> It didn't, not frozen, but from very cold to not very cold, um, her daffodils came up. Should she fertilize them or should she wait? I say when daffodils sprout, if you're going to fertilize, that's the time to do it. That gives them time to actually use it and put it to work in the way that you want it to, to come to work for you. It's also true that you don't have to use bulb food, but you can. She said that she had a half a bag of bulb food left over from planting some bulbs, and she was wondering if she could use that on the established ones. I said, sure. Why not do that? Okay. A couple of other things you might want to know. Um, some people like to know what I'm planting. I'm planting Salome, and uh, I, I really just for a double daffodil, you just can't beat it. It's just beautiful. I also have uh, several pe- questions people have sent me about whether or not they should give so and so an amaryllis. You know, their their mother, their their great grandmother in the nursing home, their their teacher, their this or that. I say yes. Give give amaryllis kits, where where they're ready to grow. Just be sure you include a yardstick so they can measure how tall that thing gets. It will get bigger every day. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Time is tight. We gotta go. Stick around. This is weekend gardening.
7: Welcome to Dog House Living. Our guest is Bob and his wife Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging, I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course.
11: Why wouldn't you just call eight one one? So
7: the takeaway, folks, to stay out of the dog house: call eight one one before you dig. Let's make our goal: zero damages, zero injuries.
9: ESI Supply.net It's not if you're gonna have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESI Supply.net Exorbitant pads by the bundle or roll. ESI Supply.net Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESI Supply.net
2: Garden Mama here. Lakeland Yard and Garden Center has the freshest of Fraser fir Christmas trees to choose from in all sizes. Bring your stand and they'll even mount your tree free of charge. Add good cheer to your home with Lakeland Yard and Garden's poinsettias, live greenery roping and wreaths in multiple sizes. Choose from their many great gifts, Christmas decorations, Christopher Radko and Old World Christmas ornaments. Visit Lakeland Yard and Garden this holiday season. They are grow ho -ho hoing your way. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road.
5: What's your least favorite season? Now, if you're like me, it's cold and flu season. So get relief from it this year with Mucinex DM. With cough and chest congestion relief for 12 hours in just one dose, that's three times longer than four-hour products. Mucinex DM makes any season comeback season, even cold and flu season. Get three times the relief in just one dose with Mucinex DM. It couldn't be simpler. Nothing lasts longer among over-the-counter cough and cold remedies. Mucinex DM provides 12 hours of relief for chest congestion and cough, day or night, uses directed. Good morning,
1: students. Cartoon Network wants you to start your day off right by speaking up
4: against bullying.
1: People can be bullied for all kinds of things.
4: Who they are, where they're from, what they look like, or what they believe.
1: That's called identity-based bullying. If you see a student being bullied, be supportive. Ask
4: if they're okay and invite them to join you. You can be an ally and make a friend. Friendship. Visit stopbullyingspeakup.com
11: and redraw your world without
10: bullying.
2: Not to dance. <laughs> Come on now, that's fun. And no, I'm I'm neither a fan particularly of the musician, nor am I particularly a fan of the movie. Okay, but I appreciate both. And there's just something about there. There's a uh, in my head. There's a mixtape of the songs that I want if I'm driving somewhere. Um, there, this is this is on that list. So is. All kind of stuff by Paul Simon, but but, but particularly um, going to Graceland, that those kind of things. If you can't move to that, at least in your car, <laughs> if you can't hear it, then you probably need to think about it a little more and listen to some more music.
1: See, I'm a huge fan of the movies. I, I mean, growing up with it, that was like my era of... Uh, of comedy and the kind of slapstick goofiness and you know and you taking the trips with your parents and everything you know yes no, we,
2: we are all chevy it, chase to our children it, i get that it never goes that. as you expect yeah.
1: but yeah i grew up that was the uh the, hearing that song it always brings back the first the first movie you know the the one where they go to wally world and yeah the food preservative yeah. guy and they build yeah. the pool i mean i mean that that's the pool's the winter one but man the first one that that <laughs> always gets me <laughs>
2: You know, um there's there's hardly anything to say. My favorite Christmas movie was made before I was born and I didn't see it until I was a grown up. So there there's just there's Yeah, okay. Christmas in Connecticut. And there's no reason in the world for me to like that movie. It's so completely bonkers, but that's part of the fun of it. Um is is picking one the one that you don't miss, the one that you enjoy. Speaking of enjoying I never thought of mosquitoes as having love songs, but apparently they do. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. We got a lot of mosquitoes in Japan and more than before. So the buzzing sound is bad enough, but when you realize that, in fact, that noise is all about making more mosquitoes, okay, and the fact that they, they can really they can in fact kill us with the things that they spread to us so it's vital to reduce the populations and in this particular case the the females of course could make the sound because well they just do and they're, they're looking for where they're going to feed next which is usually me in my family but it might be you and your family male mosquitoes listen and they are just drawn like moths to the flame they can't help themselves oh my goodness if you've ever seen this in human life you can imagine what it's like for the mosquitoes when the guys just cannot resist this adorable babe and she's making all the noise and that's where it all goes so the laboratories around the world are trying to stop mosquitoes from biting humans but this is, takes it back another step to try and stop the entire process of reproduction by frankly controlling the noise. It's, it's an interesting approach. I, I don't, I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime. Maybe not even in yours. But if we could do something about that deafening noise that they make that would in turn keep them from coming along to bite us, it would probably make everybody much happier. I don't know about you, but I think the idea of social bees versus independent bees. um, Oh, we have, okay. Oh, okay. Joe, I'm glad you could get up. (laughs) Now that we have almost no time left, what's on your mind, sir?
6: (laughs) Uh, Last spring, I bought a lemon tree, a Myers lemon tree. It's Mm -hmm. about four foot tall, you know, like a five-gallon bucket. We put it in the backyard, and we had... Produced about fifteen nice lemons
8: mm-hmm. this
6: year, and but anyway, that, that, so I brought after it started freezing, I brought it in and put it in the garage. Uh, so I, my question is, do I take this thing out when the sun's shining? Or how much water do I keep in it? Do I keep it moist normally or or sparingly? Dude. Welcome
2: welcome to my world. I have the only the only plant coaster that I own that has wheels on it is the one for my lemon tree. <laughs> because yes. That makes two of them. When yes, when it's going to be pleasant for a couple of days, I roll it outside and it that really okay. does it's not ideal in Pedal. You'll have to do it less than I have to do in Jackson. That's the only thing I can tell you. But yes, if you can get it out into the sun when it's not freezing, the the, the Meyer lemon is always going to be happier for that. But okay, temperatures it, temperatures if, 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 below if, if, forty. If it's going to be below forty at night, you're going to roll it back in. 10-4 in,
6: mm-hmm. in moisture. How much, how much oh, just, just keep it long
2: watered, long yeah, keep it watered it doesn't it doesn't need to dry doesn't need to dry out but and and you'll probably want to fertilize it around the first of the year.
6: Sounds good. That answered my question. Thank you. I sure appreciate it. I'm that. so
2: excited. I love somebody else that's going to do that for their lemon tree because I love mine too. Thank you. <laughs> they are. Thank you. Bye now. Yes, indeed. I, I don't. I, I took Paul outside when the weather t- got pleasant and was going to rain because the plant is so huge, but it can't be moved. It does. If it had wheels, it still wouldn't move any more often. I'm going to bring it back inside now move some furniture out of the way and make a place for it for the rest of the winter. But the lemon tree will be in and out, and there there's nothing, there's nothing to say for it, except that's why we grow lemons. And, in fact, we're going to have to prune it eventually because it won't go through the door after a while. <laughs> but that's another story. That's another story for another day, I suppose. Did you know that researchers have developed... Um, painless tattoos that can be self-administered i didn't know if i wanted to know that but it is kind of interesting the idea of course is to be um medical alerts and and tracking things and and yes there are cosmetic uses for it and obviously other decorative art um, points of view about it but i think part of this is to understand that there are a lot of reasons why you would have a tattoo that are not necessarily art-oriented. I love the idea of being able to have a painless, easily administered tattoo that tells you something about your medical situation that you're not going to lose. I envision that by the time we have a couple more years of this technology, we'll be able to do identification that way. And I think that's that's very interesting to me. I really do. I want to leave you today with something very, very exciting to me, and I hope it is to you, too. University of California, Santa Cruz, researchers have developed a method for using remote-controlled, Internet-connected microscopes. That's right. That means that students anywhere in the world can see what's in that microscope from that class. Designing and carrying out biology experiments, that's a huge piece of the future of our world. And to be able to do this all across the world with a remote-controlled, Internet-connected microscope is just brilliant. These things are expensive. It's hard enough to get people interested in STEM. And then when you tell them what it's going to cost to create a program, everybody just kind of... Goes Well, that would be great, wouldn't it? Well, here's one that's going to be great and it's going to be doable. Um, Of course, the, the spread out of people around the world who are interested in biology is not limited by location and it's not limited by the lack of, you know, lack of our ability to get to that school. You may not have ever heard, for example, of tissue culture. It's one of the examples that they're using here. I was lucky I got to do tissue culture when I was in university, but not everybody does. It's hugely different. It's another way of looking at the world in a way that can make a huge difference in the outcomes that we get. Many schools just couldn't do this. But thanks to UC Santa Cruz. We have now got stem fields that are going to be able to see into the microscope no matter where they are. I like that. I hope you like it, too. Thank you very much for being here today. This is, in fact, a blessing for me, and I hope one for you. Thanks, Lance. Thanks to everybody here at Super Talk. Back next week for more weekend gardening.
7: And gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of Tele South Communication. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed
10: contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us We expect our information in real time. U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as... That's 800-730-8405.